Hello, honeys. I know it's been a while. Wow, I have the loudest guest ever. Um, sorry about that. Um, but this week I pretended, or this week, like I'm gonna do this weekly. No. Um, this guest, for this guest, I pretended that I wasn't a birth doula. And well, I kind of flip-flopped on that. I made I made my guest explain what a doula was, all those good things, pretending I didn't know. Um, but there are some parts, obviously, where I jump in and relate, just because it's what I do for a living as well, um, even though I'm currently on hiatus. Um, anyway, this week, my guest is Lumen Nakarado, and she is a birth doula, um, energy worker, and there was something else. There was like three parts and I forgot one part. So sorry, but you'll find out soon. Um, thank you. And I hope you enjoy. This is me and Lumen talking for probably an hour and a half. Are you ready? I guess. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask how many questions? I never ask the last question because I usually end up talking for like an hour and a half. So it doesn't work out. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six questions. I'm ready. And they're and it's about like it's about your job. Yeah. So okay. Like, it's so it's nice because like you don't have to prepare because like you know the shit. Like it's in your yeah. brain. You don't realize. I don't it. like preparing either. I I, no. I was gonna ask you and I was like, I my best shit comes from when I'm not thinking it through. <laughs> so like, exactly. Cause then um, I have like a fake script in my head and then I forget it and then I stumble over you know like well, I remember like at the BC you know like when we were there together for like dual nights and stuff I would just say I would just like ramble and then I remember you had your phone on you're like that was a good quote say it again I was like what did I say I, like, I, know. I, know. I made <laughs> I made an Instagram post but it was um oh it was like something like fear and trauma and it was oh fear is good because trauma is worse you I'm, said I'm, that I'm great when I'm not thinking it through. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So hello. Hi. Who are you? Uh, Lumen. Uh, what? <laughs> Hi. Good to have you. Hi. <laughs> what is, who are you and what is your job? Uh, my name is Lumen, and I am a certified birth and bereavement doula with a specialization in trauma resilience and recovery. And um, I'm an aspiring author. I'm really excited for that to kick off. Uh, yeah, I do earth-based uh, healing modalities under the, my doula stuff with uh, Medicina Mama. And that's what I do. Nice. Um, what does modalities mean? Just first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. So modalities as in like different, different avenues of healing. So for earth-based healing modalities, for example, we would do like, um, different aspects of nature. So some people really resonate with certain parts and that's how I identify the modality. And once you find their closest a connection to it, it really helps you hone in on what would help ground them most for healing. And then you adapt a plan that's best suited for their needs. Nice. Okay. That makes sense. So uh, which, I guess, like, which do you want to talk about all of your jobs or whatever you that. like uh because well, the second half of that question is and what does it entail 
Oh, okay. Answer that a little bit. <laughs> uh, I got excited. Um, so, um, so for me as, um, as a birth doula, what does it entail? Yeah. Um, a lot of the work that I do, like I almost specifically work with uh, birthing people who have a lot of past trauma, whether it's like a previous birth experience mm. or something that happened before birth, before pregnancy. So uh, for me, what it entails is really getting to like the heart of the issue. So that way they feel safe in, in their new birth space, because when we don't process trauma, it will be processed at birth. It's right. birth is an opening. It's like the safer portal between two realms and uh, a lot crosses over from one to the next. So it's important to get to the heart of what is going on. So uh, yeah, a lot of what I do revolves around getting to the heart of that. And it's not something like we have to discuss in depth because I want them to feel safe, but it's something that like I can pick up on and, and find ways to help them regardless yeah. of how detailed our conversations are. Yeah. Cause I feel like with birth clients, like even just like in your very first prenatal, like you can always tell that like, there's something like there's yeah. something there and you're like, okay, all right. Okay. And then you can like, kind of like pick at it, like the next couple meetings and like, maybe they don't say anything. And then, you know, in their birth, like something is happening and you're like, what, what do you need? Like, what are you not telling yeah. me what is going on? And then they like word vomit this thing. And you're like, okay. And then like, it could be like a 20 minute conversation about that thing. It could be like a good sob. It could be two hours and a nap. And then like, there's your baby like exactly I try to get those two hours in nap yeah. <laughs> before the birth but yeah I mean it comes when it comes it's just uh part of what I do is to help it like facilitate a, a, a safe space before that point exactly yeah a soda water was a bad idea but it's fine I mean it sounded amazing um, so what are you, I'm going to pretend that I'm not a birth doula, but, okay. but pretend that I also am. Cause I know what questions <laughs> I want to ask. Got it. Um, got it. Got it. So got it. like, what do you, are you there at a birth? Yes. And so, what do you do there? Okay. So, uh, you know, we, well, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of lead up before the birth um, and of just getting to know each other. Like I said earlier about um, gauging trauma and what needs to be resolved and facilitated for healing before. And then uh, personally for me, I mean, a lot of duels have their own types of uh, just the ways they like to like navigate a birth experience. For me, I like to be there pretty early on. I want to make sure they feel safe and comfortable and I can gauge where they are emotionally and energetically. So that way mm. we can have yeah. flow. I, you know, I'd rather get there earlier than like, oh, you're not like five minutes apart or, you know, your contractions are, are lasting like eight minutes apart and they're not a minute, you know, yet. Because for some people who don't know, you know, you want it to be, you know, a consistent pattern and lasting the contraction for about a minute long. Um, But if I get there before that point, we get into a groove and we get comfortable and things really start to kick off. Mm. Um, So I like to do that personally. And then I'm there for the whole birth. And I stay, I say that I stay two hours after the birth, but really I stay until 
like two hours or until like they're fed, they're comfortable, their needs are met. Um, if it's a home birth, I like to stay until after the midwives leave because yeah, things the, still the house is clean and yeah, yeah. and uh, you know even the midwives that I've worked with who are like really calm and chill and like just are like an addition to making sure their space is calm. It doesn't feel like it's over until yeah. it leaves. Whereas I've been there since before. So it's like, I can tuck you in, make sure you have everything you need for the next day or for later on during the day. Um, but that doesn't always happen depending on some midwives are there five hours. I'm like, I love you. I'll see you in a few right. days. Gotta go. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> they clearly got this under control. I'm going to go right. now. Oh my gosh. I worked with a midwife once who we ended up being, um, a hospital transfer and she, it was like 5.00 AM. And she actually was like, and I was like, well, what's your plan? Like, what are you going to do now? And she was like, I'm going to go back to their house. I'm going to take a nap on their couch. And then I'm going to scrub their house from top to bottom. And wow. I was like, are you serious? I was like, do you, I was like, well, Jeff has to be at work in like an hour. And I was like, but like, if like, I can take a nap and come help you. And she was like, no, it's fine. This is just what I do. And I was like, okay, holy shit. Like it was yeah. amazing. Um, but let's go even like not farther down, but like easier down, I guess. Okay. I don't want to be like dumb it down even more, but like, what yeah. do you do at the birth physically? Okay. What are you doing? I feel there's a lot of misconceptions between a doula and a midwife for people who yeah. don't know a lot about a birth. They assume we're the same thing and we're not. Um, I don't do medical, so I'm not going to check like their blood pressure. I'm not going to do any like exams or fetal heart rate, you know? So what I do at a birth is I'm the like emotional, physical, spiritual support of that person. So we do different positioning techniques to make sure that we're facilitating like a good pattern. And uh, I mean, my rule is like, you can't suffer, but like, if you're really uncomfortable, like the baby loves it. Right. <laughs> so, like, so that's a, usually a good tip because they're like, oh, okay, like this, I'm supposed to feel this. I'm like, yeah, are you uncomfortable? You don't like it right now? We're having a baby. Right. <laughs> so, like, if, yeah. if you get a shooting pain, we're done. We're not, do, we're out of the position. We are not staying in it. Um, but yeah, like we do different positions, make sure that they are fed well, they are hydrated. Um, I gauge where they are emotionally, you know, making sure that they need to have that release, you know, yeah. we make space for that cry. Um, mm. We need to discuss something to feel safe in any capacity. I'm there. And then for me, like some people are familiar with the term, like an energy worker, some people aren't, but I, I like to like get in tune with where that person is energetically, as in just like, are they in their body? Are they like feeling what's happening to them? Are they trying to like escape, you know, and yeah. when you can experience like pain, you you have that out of body experience, like you want to like leave what's happening. Mm -hmm. So energetically, I try to like keep them present without making them feel like they can't leave, you know, it's like right. you need to feel safe in your experience what's happening. So I try to do that on um, an energetic level. And um, yeah, it's a lot of massaging, uh, verbal support, showing up with a lot of love and like strength in your hands to do lots. Of <laughs> you know? Jeff actually got these, like, um, like they're, they just, I don't even, they're just called rippers and you just, it looks like a, a like a triangle I know exactly held, what you're talking about. held together with the spring yes. at the top. Yeah. Or not a triangle, but a V and you yeah, just, yeah. 
you gotta like make the edges touch and he's like it's a there's a whole competition around it and like seriously yeah and they're not easy to do I I have those at my house no yeah Jeff has he took all of them out he's got like three or four of them but it's like 0.5 1 1.5 and he has like 0.5 through three and he took them all on the boat and I was like I should have assumed they were different tensions but I was just like one size fits all like they're all the same and not thinking that it's like yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. I feel like when I I didn't like start but like you just do it to like make fun of you do things to make fun of your spouses in like a loving way um and I started doing that and then I was like oh no like this is good for like (laughs) hip squeezes and like just Yeah. yeah I don't know but yeah strengthening your hands with grippers um I had another question pertaining to what you said but not on the list and I already forgot it so um but how it yeah it'll come yeah ADHD how did you get into this field of work so um I had a doula with my first I had four kids and I didn't it was more so like at the time like my husband was deploying he used Mm -hmm. to be in the military and uh he was leaving and one of the wives was like, Oh, I have a friend who's a doula. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, you know, I found, so, you know, I learned that she would support me in birth, but I, I still had like even Google, you know, I was like, I couldn't even say the word doula, not pronounce it properly. And <laughs> I didn't know what her job really was. So there was this big thing of, I felt like I had to perform when she was around. I mean she was amazing she was so kind and so sweet and uh, I know doulas don't like quote unquote like save your birth but her presence there I was a very traumatic birth experience for me with my daughter Mira but she also saved me from experience a lot of trauma as well like if she wasn't there so much more could have happened um but just having her there and keeping me focused really was helpful um so after that I was like, oh, this is really awesome. Like, I really liked having someone like that there. So with my second, um, Anthony was around and was very much like, oh, I'm here. So you don't need a doula. And I was like, I do, but I don't know how to explain that I do because I (laughs) don't know exactly what happened. You know, like I was super confused. And um, I would say a stereotypical, like uneventful birth, but it it left me feeling like I was really disconnected from the experience and from, and from him. So then, yeah, when, before from your I, baby or from your husband, from my, I think both, to be honest, because with Luca, that was baby number two, uh, they, they like, they were saying things to me that weren't like true, you know, like if yeah. you keep moving around, and we can't get a good uh, like heartbeat on the baby because with like, you know, the monitors, like, well, we're going to keep starting the time over. So I was being told I couldn't move in the bed at all for 30 minutes. And anytime that monitor moved, they were going to start my clock over, which is like not true at all. Like I could have just been like, I'm like off myself, like fuck that. And that's like not helpful to birthing at all. Like that's no. not how bodies work. <laughs> no, and I'm like, even if I don't move, like he is moving. Yeah. You know, like he's also working really hard to come out. Yeah. So that was a whole thing. And then they just got annoyed and they're like, well, if we have to move it again, like, well, you know, we're going to talk about having a C-section. And I was so scared and I didn't know that I what could advocate myself. Yeah. Welcome to 
military hospital. Just say it. Yeah. Not all terrible. Not all terrible. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I was so scared. I didn't know that I could be like, no, that's not true. Or I have to sign paperwork to consent to this because this is not medically necessary. I didn't know any of those things. So, um, yeah, I got the epidural and I felt really defeated. And it wasn't that I had this, like, I can do it without it. It was just, I was feeling him and I was feeling what my body was doing. And I felt like, like we were in together. And then once I got the epidural, everyone just said like, oh, just rest, get some sleep. Baby's going to be here. And it's good advice. Yeah. But I felt like, no, like something's happening. I don't want to sleep. I wanted like, I want to be part of what's happening. So, uh, you know, Anthony fell asleep and I couldn't sleep. I was like frustrated and anxious and I had no one to talk to and no one was in the room because I was supposed to be sleeping and he was asleep. And I was just like, I'm going to meet my son. And I, oh, I could cry. You know, I just felt like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what he's doing. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right. And then it was like, you're ready to push baby's here. And I was like, okay. It was, a, so I was just detached from the entire thing. Cause I didn't feel, I didn't know what was happening. It was very right. odd. I didn't like that. Um, so my, before I got pregnant with Milo, I was, you know, late night, not sleeping, just like on your phone, you know, and I don't even know what I was looking up. Honestly, I just felt like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life and what is happening? And I had these babies and I had these like grand plans of, you know, like I'm going to bake and homeschool and, you know, and doing all these beautiful things that are a beautiful life, but I was feeling so incomplete. And I just felt like these things I thought were going to make me happy. Like I was not happy. Um, and I don't know how I stumbled across dual and I was like, Oh, I know what that is. I, I had that. And then I was like, Oh, that's the missing piece. Hmm. And yeah, I, I found it and everything really kind of just aligned itself after that. It's like, Oh, I want to be a doula. Oh, look at this training. Oh, look at this extended doula training series. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and it just like, bam, 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 all fell oh. together. And then during that time, I found out like very beginning of my training. Uh, I found out we, uh, I got pregnant with Milo. So I was able to like take all of that education I had and I used it for his birth and we had a beautiful home birth with him. Um, yeah. So that led me to my path and now I'm super crunchy and, <laughs> you know, loving birth and all its aspects. And I don't want people to have those traumatic experiences and have those detached experiences before they find like their voice and how to be in their body for that experience, not be afraid to be in their body for the experience. Um, so that led me down to trauma. And uh, then I chose to certify for bereavement um, because I felt, I felt as if it would be like immoral of me to stand in a place of authority and say, I can help you with trauma if I don't understand what it is to have a stillbirth. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make sure that I could come full circle and say like, I can fully empathize with you because I have the education to say what, like what you're going through is, I mean, beyond what I can understand for not having had that experience. Right, exactly. Life. Um, but at least I'm equipped with the tools to help support. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's where I came. 
And now you're here. And now you're here. Yeah. Um, how did you get into energy work? I guess. Um, like, was that? But it's all like. There's a lot of energy work in doula work, whether you are yeah. like a crunchy doula or like exactly. a hospital doula. Like it's it's yeah. holding it's holding space, but it's yeah. also like holding. You it's know. just like what words do you use and how where are you of like your presence and, and the experience? Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Like, I can walk in however I want. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you might not be aware of of the energy that you're bringing, but we, you know, we're just being human you know we carry energy with us so it just it just is um so how did that get started uh, it's one of those <laughs> things where I feel like it like happened upon me you know yeah. um I, I remember because you were pregnant with Ara yeah. and you were just like oh my gosh excuse me you were all of a sudden like oh I have homework to do and I was like what are you talking about oh yeah like I feel like you've been doing like online yeah so many like, naturopath work or yeah naturopath. Naturopath work. well um like uh I would say natural slash like indigenous like healing the word modality is now in my head say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put the definition of like the Spotify caption. Like, this is what this word means. Refer back to it. Yeah. It's like my favorite word. You ever get that where you like, for some reason, say a word? You're like, I said this word all week now, and I've never said that before in my life. Well, in the message, well, because Locke was, I made that big dinner. I was like, well, do you have any time constraints? And then I was like, I started a, a new medication, not a new medication. I restarted an old medication. And I was like, well, does this have any contradictions with, or contradictions with any of the things like I want you partake in? And then it was just like, oh, I wonder what the constraints are for this too. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like why? Yes. <laughs> I get in the loop. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I don't even remember how it began. I I've always been really in tuned with like myself and having those like I, I don't it's an odd thing for me still I'm still wrapping my head around it but like I could go to talk to someone or like send a message to someone and I can immediately pick up on like their response or like what went through their head and it's not something I have like learned to control yet right um, but it's helped me be able to gauge what someone is experiencing and what they're feeling and it's almost like like I'll hear them say something and I think that they're saying it out loud and they're not yeah so that started happening and then um again everything just from my memory of it it all just fell into place like everything else where I just started meeting people who would either call me out and be like oh you have these gifts and I didn't have Tanisha oh my love of my life. I love that woman. She, she called me out twice and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Please stop. And then you did it. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I love you guys. I'm just going to keep saying I'm an empath from childhood trauma and <laughs> I'm just going to ignore it. You're just going to ignore it. So you can't anymore in the universe. Exactly. Okay. I'll be like 52. Yeah. And I'll be like, listen, I need your help. And you'll be like, fucking finally. Let's yes, go. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I didn't have like names for these things that I was able to do, I guess you could say. Um, but I was using them all the time. And yeah, beautiful Tanisha. 
um, she helped me a lot on my journey and a lot of uncovering things and things that I already knew, but having her say them back to me, like made it real, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I use that a lot, a lot in, in my doula work, especially prenatally. Um, and it, I'm careful with, with it and I'm careful with how I approach it because people come from all different backgrounds and you know spirituality has no religion so I I want to respect where everyone is at in their own life and I don't want them to feel like 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 old school like a a witch they're coming in you know where I'm just like I'm just coming in with love and I just happen to know like what you're going through and I want to support you in it you know yeah um but I how I use that in in birth it's like we do um what I call like fear release or like a trauma release um we we do a lot of that since most of my clients do have a lot of anxiety and a lot of uh, past trauma what is a fear release and or a trauma release so a fear release isn't as like intense as a trauma release because you know Mm. those two things like it's like a build-up right right um, so for a fear release, what we do is I either will like find the right meditation for them or a lot of times like I'll guide them through my own and we get together and it's wherever they want it to be where they feel safe. My only thing is like, this is not a session where like kids can be present or like a lot's going on in the background. So like sometimes I'll come over at like night, you know, when kids are in bed or something um, but I bring some candles and I'm not, I love crystals. I'm not like, uh, I don't think that they have to be part of like any spiritual journey, but I do yeah. have some and I pretty much go to my shelf. I'm like, okay, guys, like who wants to come? And like, whoever <laughs> I feel like needs to come comes. And, um, depending on like their, their earth-based connection, whether they like the ocean or they like the woods, I'll bring certain pieces that I feel pulled to bring too what like depending on what elements they align with and typically what we do is I um I'll say a few things it's very customizable like I because it depends on that person's fear and their trauma right yeah but let's just use like an example of um like surrender right that's a big one for birth uh because you want to plan for what's going to happen, but you can't plan for the unknown, but you can't go into the unknown completely unprepared and not knowledgeable. So it's that fine balance of I'm going in planning for something to surrender that it all might go differently. And that's okay because I'm still prepared for that. So it's a, it's like a, a paradox of a situation. So, um, I get like an example. Okay. Um, surrender. So I'll come in and I have this like board I bring where I put like everything on top of. So like, this is the, the space, right? I'm not asking right. them for hair space or anything. I bring the space and I bring a candle and I'll put the crystals out and I bring like a sound bowl with me. And let's say they really connect with uh, the ocean. Okay. So we'll start talking and I'll just play like ocean waves in the background really low, remind them that like they're safe whatever comes up like they don't have to discuss with me I never ask them um like what fear are we really releasing even if I know like it's a general surrenderance thing I don't say like what do you need to surrender from or like what happened to you when you were 14 you know I I don't ask anything um because again as 
an empath and a, as someone that has like gifts and does energy work, you don't have to ask those questions. You don't yeah. have, you can, you don't need that to, to facilitate a, a space of healing. You can just like set up, like set up a space and then just be like, you're safe, be vulnerable. And like yeah. just start crying and word vomiting. And you're like, yes, great. Amazing. We love to see it. Exactly. Or with me, it's like old men who want me to know every detail of their life and they actually need therapy. And I'm like, here's a business card for a therapist. Yeah. Which I have done three times now. Like that's a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the old men. I don't know. I know. That's interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I'll like do ocean waves in the background and we'll start talking about like the safe container and that, you know, I like, I prepare them. So I think a big part of people who have an issue, I don't want to use the word issue, but who struggle with like holding on to the, to that control. And they have a really hard time surrendering or they don't know how to surrender is like, don't take them into a space of unknown when you're providing them a safe space. So I right. walk through what's going to happen initially. Right. So I say, we're going to have some motion waves going. I'm going to guide you through a meditation. I'm lighting this candle. This candle represents your light. Okay. When you go into the fear, I want you to remember that your light is here and that you can always come back to the light. Hmm. So I want them to like have a visual representation of, you know, we're going to talk about things that are going to be uncomfortable and, and some fear might come up, but you're not that little girl or that little boy anymore. You're not that you're not in that place, in that space, in that time. You are here. You are present with me. You are safe and like stay at the light. Okay. Yeah. Like you can look into the shadow, but stay in the light. So I do that and I'll bring like ocean water and I'll bring sand with me. Sometimes, like if I'm out walking, I'll like be mindful that I'm going to see them. And because we, you know, in SoCal, we, we are by the ocean everywhere. You can't escape it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so much sand in Locke's car seat forever. <laughs> like I've given up. I know my car. Like, <laughs> we're sandless. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's fine. Selfie uh, Joe's. Here we come. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll bring, and I, I'm mindful not to, I would, I want to, I guess, preface this, but like, you don't just take from nature. I'm a yeah. big believer of like nature gives to you. So if I like see something along my path, you know, I, like if it's like a rock or something, like I'll like grab that thank like thank you for this I will give something back to you later or I'll bring it back if they don't want it or something like that but like I don't take something that's like growing on something or living or right. anything like that um and defeats the purpose of being connected with earth you know um so I'll, I'll bring these things with me our you know a shell or something I'll bring stuff with me and I set it all out and I ask them to like hold either whatever they feel connected to, or sometimes I go in that like, oh, this is for you. Like you need to put this in your left hand or your right hand or to your heart. It just like pops in. Right. Yeah. So let that is all dependent on the situation. And then I'll um, usually turn off the waves or if I'm, if I'm guiding it myself, I'll leave them on really low and I mean, again, like I, I just go from the heart. I go off the cuff. I don't really go in prepared with what I'm going to say because I'm a, a believer that what's meant to be said will, will be said. Yeah. Um, and I do that. And typically there's lots of quiet tears, lots of just watching them cry silently. And like, I'm a hugger and like, that's my space. <laughs> just like, 
you know when you're upset and you're just crying and like someone goes to rub your back you're like well I wanted to cry yeah I'm being comforted and I can't cry so I I don't I just you know I don't like I won't hand them a tissue I don't disrupt the space at all and I say as someone who doesn't like to be touched I really appreciate that like let me just I just want to cry yeah like like I want to be in this space and feel like it's okay to have my emotions and not be like oh you're gonna be okay and yeah like infantilizing me yeah yeah and I'm like I I don't want anyone to feel like they can't express themselves with me because I don't want them to be sad like naturally no one wants you to be sad but if sad if feeling the sadness will lead you to feel lighter and feel more prepared for your birth then be fucking sad as long as you don't like live in the sadness again like you don't can't live in the shadow right like we can we can visit there we can look at it we can wave hello we can pull things from it but you can't stay there right Um, so yeah we we do the meditation and then I um I'll close it with uh my sound blow it's not like a sound bath I'm not experienced (laughs) yet to to claim that but I'll have my little bowl you know and I'll close out with that because I feel like a change in sound, especially like a certain frequency mm. helps to bring them back present to what's happening. Yeah. And then at that point, I'll hand them tissues and then I'll tell them like when they're ready, I want you to like look at the light and I want you to, it depends on the situation, right? So for surrendering, we'll stick with that one. Um, picture everything that you're trying to hold on to control, like going back into the ocean. Like when you need to feel safe, that control comes back in like, like the current right it always comes back Mm -hmm. but when you need to watch it recede it's going to go so you can blow out the candle and watch it recede but know like you are of this earth you are of the ocean like our bodies are primarily water like you are part of that and it is part of you it can always come back and you can float there as long as you need to to feel safe um and then when they're ready to blow out the candle sometimes if they're having issues with like trauma I'll, i'll bring that one into it now um usually like you want them to be sad but angry you know like you want a little bit motivated to yeah yeah. not like figure it out but like make more connections in that trauma and you want them to get like the oh like it's either like a light bulb moment of like oh well that happened to me or it's like oh that happened to me and that's really fucked up because I was vulnerable or the victim or like yes yeah so for like a fear release, that's what we do for there. Um, whereas for trauma, it starts in a similar way, but it's a lot, like, even if I play a guided meditation, I will also do, and I call, like, sometimes what I'm doing is a meditation. Other times it's just more of a, um, I don't know what to call it. I'm, I'm just, it's just like a gentle, like gentle, vulnerable space. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the person is mentally and emotionally prepared to come in and be vulnerable. So they're just like ready yeah. for it. Like you're offer. there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I offer it, but I don't say like, it's our fourth appointment. So we're doing it here. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's and awful. they're just sitting there like, no, I'm really, I'm fine. Like it's fine. Yeah. Had you a pretty cool child. Yeah. 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 My parents are still married and you're like, what? Yeah. I know, right? Like, lies um <laughs> like everyone's fucked up your mind somewhere yeah trauma it starts the same um but yeah I want to evoke a little bit of anger because in order to move past the trauma it is my belief in how I practice that 
you need to see it small. You need to see that trauma that has like overshadowed so much of your behaviors and your emotions and your choices as so tiny. Yeah. After you get angry to be like, oh, like I'm not that little kid anymore. Or, oh, like that happened before I found my voice. Or I would never let that happen to my kid. Like you have to get this sense of anger. So your ego can start running the show. When your ego steps in, I mean, that protects you in a lot of ways, right? Our ego is there to be the shield in a lot of times of our heart, right? Like the two have to work together. You can't just have your ego running the show because like, whoo, we all be crazy bitches. But sometimes it's like, you need to be a crazy bitch. It's awesome. Um, There's space for all of it to exist. So I, we do that and they get angry and I'm a writer and I believe that writing is a great form of therapy. So I have them write. And sometimes it's, I just need you to write certain words down that, make you feel small and then it's like we're gonna burn it or (laughs) like I want to watch like or like you're gonna shred it into little pieces and you know we're gonna bury it sometimes we'll do that of especially if it's childhood wounding burying it is a really good thing because it's like you are honoring that inner child and you're giving it back and it's like it's safe and it's here whereas I've noticed more if it's um uh, trauma and wounding from like a previous birth experience or something that happened in your adult life when you've already like stepped into oh no you're frozen SOS 911 right like you just step into like oh I'm there we go All the oh, oh no okay Hello. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Hi. Okay. I was like, oh, where did you hear that? Uh, um, if it's like a trauma in your adult life, right when you step into your, Oop. yeah. Okay, when you uh, <laughs> step into like an an adult life and that patterning, uh, you realize that like you can make your own choices and you're not living life based on someone else's requirements of you. Anger is a really good facilitator for healing. So that's where I find it really useful to like burn the paper or to shred it. Um, Yeah, you have to get rid of it. You can't keep it. Um, Whereas if it's like childhood wounding, burying it is usually, it's more of like an emotional thing. Whereas uh, older, newer traumas, should I say, are, um, yeah getting angry is a really good thing. Cause then it's kind of like, you know, that cortisol running, you got adrenaline going, you're feeling great. And it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm amazing. And that's not going to happen to me because like, I'm, I'm, I have done all this work to make sure it doesn't happen. And I'm just there being like, you know, I'm there like, yeah, yeah, you fucking did. Let's fucking go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then it's awesome. We have a badass birth. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I have to birth again. She's Louise. Nope, I don't. Okay. Um, okay, so that what, was a lot. No, I love it. Okay. I always like rabbit hole on the first two questions, and I'm like, the first one I did with Hillary, I was like, we've been talking for like 45 minutes, and we're only on question number two. Like, it was. I love that. I mean, I love both episodes, but I love your rabbit holing with, with Hillary. It was so insightful for me. Yeah. Um, because I, I, uh, I took a lot away from that because of where my life is and 
my, uh, just my dynamic with my children and, and how we facilitate our lives. And uh, it was really insightful. I really, it was really great. I'm so glad. Okay. So what education do you need? Do you need a degree, continuing ed, certifications, etc.? So you don't need anything. I'm not certified and I refuse to certify. I know. I was just talking. Um, if I did, it would be through best doula training because you're certified as soon as you leave their training because they believe that certification is upheld by um, white supremacy and misogyny. And, and I was like, oh yeah, I directly align with all of the yeah, core values. I, I just had a conversation last night with a friend about this of just like stepping out and doing like, okay, like the things that we're talking about now, you know, he was like, why don't you have a course on like what you yeah. do trauma release? I was like, oh, I should probably do that. And I was like, I don't know if I can. He's like, why? I'm like, well, I don't have a certification. He's like, yes, you do. I was, he's like, but why does it matter? I'm like, ah, oh. he's like, what you do, you can't certify in because it's like, it's your thing. And I'm like, yeah. ah, ah, panic. Um, actually, yeah. It just feels you're like. you're in to be like, oh, you have to have this checklist to be like authentic, right? A doula, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, although I will say to be a doula, you are walking into a really intimate space and a, and yeah. a space where someone is incredibly vulnerable. I mean, best case scenario like you're seeing a person naked I don't want to say worst case but like amped up experience it's that's minimum. minimum that's the bare minimum you're gonna see I mean, a butthole right minimum yep. and then like moderate bodily fluids right mm, yeah and then I don't know next one you're catching a baby I don't know so <laughs> I would say that because birth is not unpredictable but like you can't plan the trajectory of it right it's not linear it's not linear yeah so you should have some type of education just so you feel prepared in a space like that so I did like an initial doula training with Dona yeah and that was it was helpful but it left me like I have all this information but it reminds me of what is that movie like uh was it Talladega Nights like he doesn't know what to do with his hands oh yeah you know, I, I was just like, I trained and I learned lots of things in my brain. How do I touch somebody having the baby? Like, right, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified. Um, and then I went through the birth education center in San Diego and did the, their extended dual series. That was really helpful. Yeah. Um, that was like, oh, this is how you comfort someone. And this is how you do different positioning techniques. And But then they're also like, this is how you do your fucking taxes. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is how you set up a fucking like, contract. This is, this is how you don't yeah. get sued. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was really helpful. Um, so I like that a lot. And so that's what I would say. Train with a, an organization that you can learn the basics even if you've had babies before, like being on the other side of things is different. And yeah. like, you could, you can have 12 kids, but you can't like doula yourself, you know, like you can't, you can't. So it's yeah. good to be like educated on the other side of things. I would recommend an extended doula series for those purposes of it. You are now a business. Like yeah. how do you function in your business? What works for your business? What doesn't work for your business? Cause everyone is different. You know, they all have different needs and family dynamics and responsibilities. Um, I would do that. 
uh, for me, like I, I certified with still birthday mm. and they're similar in that way where it's a very intense, very intense program, but it's, it's beautiful. And without the intensity, you would not have like the reverence for what those families go through and what yeah. that experience is like. So it needs to be heavy for you to understand the weight of like, you're going to walk into this room and you have yeah. to be able to hold your shit together. Um, I haven't been in a space like that. I haven't, I don't want to use the word advertise, but I haven't made it known that I'm a bereavement doula. Yeah. It's not I, part of your branding, I, I guess. Yeah. And I don't, I tr- like, even with all the training I have, I, I truly don't know if I can, how I would recover from being in a space like that. I'm, I trust that I can hold space and I can be there and I can be of support, yeah. but I'm coming home with four kids. Yeah. I don't know. I can't just like cry and take a bath and like go walk on the beach and recover. I'm swinging into breakfast yeah. and, you know, and therapy sessions and everything. And I, um, I don't know. So I haven't, I haven't done that yet, but it, you know, again, I I've done that so I can help people. And I think what you just said is super important because that's part of the reason why I'm on like a doula hiatus because I was not, um, giving, I wasn't not giving myself the space for it, but like, I didn't realize that I wasn't emotionally ready to be part of someone else's birth yeah. day yeah, journey. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I like, I, you can know all the things you can have all the resources and recommendations, but it's just like, if your emotional stability is shit, then like you can hold space while you're there and you can give the knowledge while you're there, but you can't fall apart at home now. Yeah. You have to be able to either hit the ground running when you come home to a two-year-old or like have that space and just, I don't know. And then like being like, not feel like what's happening with my two-year-old. Yeah. And being in that space and being like, well, last, I remember when I was at this other birth, X, Y, and Z happened and like internalizing the birth too. And being like, well, this had this person had this outcome and I'm seeing that same pattern here. And like, yeah, just, you have to be emotionally mature, number one for this job. And two, you have to know your own threshold for healing yeah, and uh, like true emotional availability, I guess. Yes. And I mean, I'm so glad you said that because I mean, anyone who listens to this, who like either wants to be a doula or they're a new doula, I cannot stress enough. Like do not go and chase births. Do not go and say like, I need experience. I'm going to do all these things. Like you will be fucked up. Like you'll be exhausted. Yes. Like birth can lot. Like, I mean, I've had births that I mean, they, I, I showed up and we had a baby in 30 minutes. I was at birth for like, it had been 36 hours, you know, yeah. it is intense and it's, it's a lot. And to just want to put numbers behind your name to feel like you have experience is not only going to hinder your own growth, but it's going to hinder that person's birth experience because yeah. like, you're chasing a number and you're not emotionally ready to be in those places, like you will be at the birth that you're meant to be at, whether you do like one a year or like a hundred a year, you have to just trust that like, it's all going to align, right? Like your energy is going to align with somebody else's and what, where you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to support will all align itself. Like put yourself out there, but don't like, I'm going to lower my price so you can hire me and I'm going to, 
you know, like volunteer all these different places, like maybe volunteer once or twice, you know, unless like you have the emotional and mental capacity to stay in that space. You can't do that. Like you have to honor where you are. So that way that birth can be honored. Yep. Yeah. So what, um, what was your question? <laughs> I know. I'm like, what is education do you need? Um, um yeah. So, um, or like, I, what are you, what are you in school for now? I just finished. So I, um, recently did like a whole ancestry background and stuff because I've just been like thoroughly confused about like not who I am. I mean, yes, that's different though. Right. But, like, that's a different podcast (laughs) but um you know like questioning like I didn't grow up with stories you know like a lot of families grow up with like their grandparents telling them stuff and like I never grew up with that I I I, yeah I don't want to go in a rabbit hole with all that but I was very curious so I recently found out that I'm black and I didn't know like what that meant, how can I honor that part of myself that I didn't know about before and how, like, how do I show up authentically to, to this whole new world that, like, I haven't been knowledgeable about because I didn't know that, like, I was knowledgeable to the extent of, like, just someone on the outskirts of that reality because I didn't live in that reality. And when I did that, I was like, oh, I really want to learn more about, like, what does this mean for me in my life? And, and how do I walk in this space with right. knowledge and love and, and just figuring out who I am. And, um, I had someone that I did like a, like a reading with who I meant to reach out to and you know how like things just lined up and she literally like the week I was like, Oh, you have to reach out to her. You have to reach out to her. She reached out to me. and was like, Hey, I've been thinking about you. And mind you, we hadn't spoken in like almost a year after my reading with her. And, uh, she was like, I'm, I'm starting, you know, this school and it's all based on uh, like different um, types of like African spirituality practices. And I really feel like you should be a part of it. And I like the day before it's when I'm like, I want to figure out what this means for me. And like, yeah, I honor that part of myself that I know very little about besides like, you know, American schools. And just like <laughs> friendships and, you know, things like that. But it wasn't my home life. Well, I didn't yeah. think it was. I wasn't aware of it. Um, it wasn't my, what I, I didn't know a lot about it. So anyway, long story short, I, I was in school for that for a while of learning about just different practices and where things come from. And mm-hmm. it helped align a lot of my own beliefs. It's like, oh, that makes so much sense for me because like, that's part of me. And I didn't right. know that before. Um, like I've been doing that this whole time. And now that explains yeah. why, like, yeah. I did that. And then I also took other courses in, um, like herbal indigenous practices for, um, the woman who did it. She's, um, she's Mexican, like indigenous Mexican. And, um, I was like, well, I'm not Mexican, but I'm super interested in this. And then it like boils down to like, oh, you're like indigenous um from like Puerto Rico with like the Taino and like Arawak people and it was like this whole big thing that I learned with this door open so it, it was like I was learning all these things thinking I was just being educated and open to something beautiful and not realizing right. like oh that's already living in me so it really like blossomed once I I grew those roots from myself um yes yeah, so that was what, what that school was about so it's been awesome to like use that um 
I do lots of school and then I just you're always like yeah I have some homework yeah I have a session I'm like what are you what's going on like yeah <laughs> I mean I also certified with the this this uh organization called embodied philosophy and they typically do a lot of um yoga not like you know America American yoga of just like we're gonna stretch and stuff it was it's like the mind of yoga you know like yeah. the centering where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be experiencing like on a metaphysical level um, and it just so happened that they were like changing it up and doing this whole thing on trauma and how you can relate to like different spiritual backgrounds like I can you can be evangelical you can be an atheist like I yeah. have the tools to support that person because I took this amazing training that's like, it doesn't matter what exactly they believe, like this is how we stem, right? Cause we have a foundation. Right. So that was amazing. I love that. It was really heavy stuff. It was hard, but that was also school. <laughs> so it just depends like for dual work, get the basics, get, get something extra to help you run your business and to make you feel like you can confidently step into a room and support somebody yeah. in that manner. And everything else is just going to kind of flow into like, what do you want to do? And like, yeah, like things will just like, and I don't want to be like, it's the Facebook algorithm, but like, it is a lot of it is. And you're like, oh, I've been meaning to do that training. Like, oh, I want to do that training. And then you sign up for birth yeah. monopoly and evidence-based birth. And like, we're doing this training. Oh, where you have a, a black educator who is doing a training and you're like, oh, I want to take that one too. Like exactly. it all just falls together. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm at my seventh training in a year. And I don't know how I got here, but I'm fucking doing it. Like exactly. Like you just follow what feels right to you. And then, you know, naturally it's like, I'm going to strike up a conversation with someone random. And then they say something to you. are like, oh, I really like that too. Or I've been meaning to do that. And like, right. they're the key to that door that you yeah. didn't know you need to have open. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Okay. So this wasn't your first career, obviously. Or did you have a career prior to this and or having children? So before kids I mean like college and stuff I definitely like I went I kept switching you know how you do that when you're younger you're like oh yeah you're like, I'll just you are 18 it's yeah. like you know, last year I had asked permission to use the fucking bathroom and now I'm like this is what I'm gonna do with my whole entire life I, I know, know. like I'm gonna be a waitress on the weekends only the weekends from Maybe. 4 p.m to 2 a.m I can take out a big ass loan how how were we eating back then I don't know like don't know. we were just winging it man there's lots of ramen and vodka I don't know <laughs> a ramen vodka sounds terrible it does sound terrible with enough vodka I know might be okay yes um I did buy a pack of um beef ramen noodles just like the six six pack and I am very excited to eat some after this we get the six pack of chicken mm. and it's definitely like a guilty pleasure like the kids are like can I have soup I'm like this should not justify it's not a soup <laughs> we made I made um I made noodles for dinner last night uh -huh. aka Laka Easy Mac and I made ramen noodles for myself and I Great. sat down to eat mine and he was like I don't want mac and cheese I want those and I was like baby your little tiny heart cannot handle the amount of sodium in this right yeah, now <laughs> please eat your please eat your fucking easy mac. at least there's like dairy in that or I know I'm like there's you got carbs got some proteins I just got carbs like that's it. All mommy needs to yeah. survive. Yes. <laughs> carbs and coffee. <laughs> Just need carbs and coffee. Yeah. Yes. So did you have, what did you do? Another career um, prior. 
Well, like I, I went to school for writing and then I chickened out and I was like, I'll never do anything with this. I'm too afraid. And then I went to school first and I switched to psychology, which has been like very beneficial just to like exist as a human. Yeah. Um, and then um, I worked like a lot of retail just as like a, you know, it's a rite of passage and it's like a black hole. It's like, I'm just going to do this to make money. And it's like, well, I got promoted. And I'm making a lot more money. <laughs> And I don't want to do this forever, but I'm making a lot of money yeah. for being so young. Yeah. Um, you know, because you have no boundaries and you just work every time yeah. you do and you make money. Well, yeah. You live in a house with six roommates and you don't, you have like a boyfriend, but there's no husband, there's no kids. Your 94 Camry is making it. And so are you, baby. Yeah. You're just getting drunk exactly. on the weekends. Yeah. I did that. So I went to career and then um, <laughs> definitely God, no, not career. <laughs> I don't want to represent that. Um, it was not a good fit for me. But yeah. uh, then when I got, I got married young. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's so odd because military life, it's like not young. I was like 21, 22, but it's. I, I was 22 when Jeff and I got married and people are like, you know, normal, regular people are like, oh my God, you got married at 22. And I was like, yeah, but in the military, military, like, you know, 22 year olds have been married for three years and they have two kids. Like you old. It's uh, yeah. 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 I didn't have lock until I was 27. And now I'm like, I was still pretty young to have a baby. Yeah. I was 25 with Mira and I'm like, (sighs) Oh, I know yeah, that, that was a lot. I didn't even know who. Yeah, it, but yeah. at that in that environment, it it it's like there's no other way. It's hard yeah. to yeah. Um, and it's like I don't think that I make mili- friends who are like military on purpose. I just have friends who are military coincidentally, I guess, like on their military I, spouses. Too. Like yeah. I don't go out looking for them, but it's like if we connect on other levels and your military spouse, and it's like oh now that makes sense like now we really get it like yeah there's a lot of like understanding and like mutual respect for like circumstances and, and things that yeah. just people can't understand but it is also nice like you said just like happen upon other military spouses because yeah. if you, you force it it is such that. a bad yeah and you need a break from that world because so often their lives just like you're consumed with what their life is yeah. that you forget to like come up to breathe and be like oh I'm a person with my own thoughts and yeah. what I want because it's like everything revolves around like we're the mistress right and like the yeah. very <laughs> it's marriage yeah so um it's intense um but back when uh he was in it um that was before like they passed like some law some legislation about you can't um what's the one I'm thinking of you can't um like a lot of people weren't hiring military spouses. They knew they would leave. You can't. Oh yeah. Now there's like, um, well now there's like, it's like Home Depot, Starbucks, like big chains like that have like a, yeah. a yearly goal to hire like 8,000 military spouses and veterans kind of a thing. Um, yeah. and around. So like no. I created a job and I'm like, I have experience, but it didn't matter how long we were in a place they're like, as soon as they saw that on the application, discriminate. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. Like I, it was just terrible. I couldn't yeah. work. It's like, you're gone all the time and I don't have a job and I don't have kids and everyone wants yeah. me to babysit because I don't have kids and you all have kids, yeah. you know? And it was like, I didn't have anything for myself. So that was really hard. Um, and then yeah, all the babies came along. And during that time, I was just like, I need more. Like, yeah. I love you, but 
this is not fulfilling. Like I thought it would be, which like, why should it be? Why should yeah. it be? pressure on like I have a family to take care of I'm fulfilled it's like bitch you have a family to take care of like when do you get to take care of yourself exactly like yeah having kids is fulfilling in and of itself but like it's not the end all be all to fulfillment and I think we put a lot of pressure on like the main caretakers of the home or the 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 moms or yeah the like the primary caregivers the birthing parent um to have to love every second of it and like yes. and if you don't you're like well you shouldn't have had fucking kids and you're like I, okay, like man. having children is like okay I have this like beautiful glass of water right and I like add some flavor right yeah some mio in there it tastes great it's wonderful but my cup is fucking empty like I can't enjoy anything yeah. else that's going on in there and it's like if you don't fill up your own cup if you don't find something for yourself yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of like fucking flavor you add to that shit like you're just drinking water. straight meal no sometimes and it's disgusting <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so that was really good oh my god that was good yeah. dude so <sighs> Mio, yeah. you can sponsor me whenever you want no <laughs> I, just, I just bought some of the like the meal vitamins and caffeine to send to jeff he oh, didn't nice. ask for it but like he did ask like, for a multivitamin. The family. Yeah. You're going like, to do things. Yeah. And I just sent like a bunch of random shit. I'm like, if you don't use it, someone else will. Like there's a teeny tiny exactly. single airman whose parent doesn't know how to mail a box to a ship. Like give them some things. Yes. Spread <gasps> the love. Yes, exactly. I think like teeny tiny barely touched on this one, but what are some misconceptions about your job? Well, I did mention that everyone thinks I'm a midwife, which is like so frustrating because midwives are amazing and awesome. I don't, I know, I don't want to like miss, I don't want someone to see me and I misrepresent a midwife because I'm not and they assume I am. Right, exactly. Um, a lot of people, the, a lot of misconceptions is also like, like a doula is there because like you want an unmedicated birth. Right. Well, that is like a huge one where, you know, some duels have their own philosophy on birth and what it should look like. And what, you know, just, just like anything else, right. Their belief systems. Yeah. But ultimately a doula is there to be supportive for your experience. You know? So if you know that you want to have like a cesarean birth, it's like, how can I show up with a, like the education to support you? So, you know, that like, there's more than one type of cesarean birth. Yeah. There's a family center. There's gentle cesarean. You know, there's so many different types and people don't know that. And it's like, well, let's talk about incision. There's different types of incision. And you can request yeah. an emergency. Like you can request certain incision, uh, certain draping, all those things. So it's to be able to support a person with the right tools and education. So that way they feel as if they're prepared for their birth experience. So that way they don't create, I mean, trauma is a part of life, but you don't want to create in a situation that if education was present, like fear would be like settled, you know, like fear yeah. is, fear stems from the inability to conceptualize your experience. So when we can't figure out what's happening, a lot of fear builds because it's the unknown. Education helps squash fear. Right. So I feel like that's what doulas do. And it's the conception of like, you know, you're going to have this home birth and it's going to be unmedicated and you're like super crunchy and you're like, you know, you know, like 
anything like who needs an IV of you know saline water it's kombucha like right like you're just this like crunchy <laughs> going out there having this baby yeah. thing your pool is going to cheer you on like you know what badass I or that to- like the viral all I can think of is like the viral photos recently of that um woman who gave birth on the beach in the sand yes and I was like good for you but sand I just am a no on sand on a regular day. So I just. Yeah. And I think good, good for you, man. It's amazing. It's an empowering picture and it's good for people to see that birth can look that way. Yeah. But it's also important to see that like, and if that's not what you want, you can still have the support. You don't, a lot of people think that their birth has to fit into this box. If, if they want a doula to be present and that's just simply not true um like sorry again. and a lot of people think too like duels are just like I don't know the people I've spoken to my perceptions they don't think that we're really educated they just think it's like, yeah. like they don't understand the amount of training that we've gone through they think we're like showing up uh like oh I have some techniques and herbs to make this go really fast or like we're like an angry bodyguard to like ruin yes yeah, the, like the I, I plan, do, I guess, of the hospital or yeah. Yeah, like some you you'll sometimes see some verbiage where hospital yeah. staff isn't very like friendly with us. Where I mean, of course, you you all have they all have their own experiences with their own doulas, but it's for important sure. to remember that like we're human and we're people, and everyone either makes a mistake or like we're just not the same fucking person, right? Like you can have a doula that walked into space and completely was like this is what's happening here. Yeah. That person is coming in with their own trauma. Yeah. Um, a little aggressive here. Yeah. Like I, I'm a believer in helping advocate for, for a person in birth. I know that some people are like, like really staunchly against it because they're like, you can't take their voice. But I'm like, that person doesn't have one because they're in labor land and they can't you know, <laughs> talk right now. Like they, they, I know what they want. So like, I'm, going to facilitate a space of conversation between me and a nurse or that like I can say enough to my client who like oh I need to respond now like a mother-in-law or you know yeah. literally anyone who's there anyone. yeah yeah so yeah that that is true a lot of time people think that like we're coming in as some like authoritative figure in a hospital where really like we're there for that person and for their experience and to be supportive of them and we're really there to remind them the things that they want remind them of the power that they already have and just like just to sit there in their presence and be like all of this can happen together and it can all work beautifully together um like a non-problematic cozy mom yeah like we're there to be like you're a badass and i'm gonna remind you the things that you want because sometimes people go on autopilot with with what's happening and it's just be like oh did you want x y and z like were you okay with that and they can be yeah. like yeah i'm okay with that or like oh can i have more information about it and so that person just going oh yeah i thought this was okay yeah exactly i'm, I'm gonna give you that information or oh i'm gonna go double check if that's necessary or something yeah. like that so we're really just like a clarifying re- the yeah. passing things i guess i don't know yeah yeah but it's also like a big thing during like World Doula Week is like, oh, it's just one of like the memes is like people think doulas are for that kind of mom in air quotes. And it's just like, nope, doulas are for every birthing person. Like if you are exactly. pregnant, consult with a doula. There are free doulas. There are low income sliding scale doulas. There are doulas for everyone. I mean, that was my first birth was 
I had a friend who, you know, they were, they were pregnant and they wanted to know the benefits of having a doula. And I was like, well, I don't think I'll convince you not to have one, but I can talk to you about it so you can see if it's the right fit for you. I mean, I've had friends who, you know, are, you know, home birth and birth center birth and, you know, all they, they do all the, the, the stereotypical like crunchy things for birth and they didn't want a doula. They barely wanted a midwife and it wasn't that they didn't want medical or, you know, physical support. They just were really connected with their partner that they yeah. felt like I just wanted to be you and I, but when it's time, we want the medical help to be present, but they didn't feel like they needed a doula, but they were, they knew enough to make that choice. Right. right and that's exactly. Yeah. You know enough to make the choice. Yeah. And I sat and I spoke to them about making the choice. And two days later, like, can we hire you? And I was like, okay, I'll come over tonight for the contract. And we had a baby that night. And it was just, and it was such a what the birth. Fuck? It was like two hours. It was like a, such a tease first experience. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Literally, we're just like, let's go over the contract. And as we're talking about like the contract and how we'll like navigate our next few appointments since they're close to their due date, you know, her, her partner looks at her and he just goes like, oh, have, did you tell her how you been feeling tonight? I was like, how are you feeling tonight? She's like, Oh yeah, I've been contracting like every seven minutes. I'm like, I've been here for an hour. Right. What? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking and you're just like quietly, you know, listening, like not nothing. And like, yeah, we, everything was really calm. And it was that like in passing, like, oh, you should go pee. And as she's walking to the bathroom, like, I think I have to poop. And then nope. she goes to the bathroom door and I look at her partner. I'm like, don't close that door. Go go and I'll just get in the car so you know he's like rushing get everything in the car and she comes out like hey let's go down the stairs I think we should just go to hospital let's just get checked oh. out you know so he so that way she doesn't know that he right yeah, yeah yeah and then we drive to the hospital and we go to check in and like it's the middle of the night so she just like walks and we check in and she's very like yeah I'm, I'm having a baby I'm feeling a lot of pressure they're like, okay, let's get you in a triage. And then we get her in a triage and like, they're like, okay, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> baby's here, you know? And it was like really exciting. And and yeah, like she was, she like barely made a peep. She was like a really quiet birther. And, and it wasn't like a suppression at all. It was just like, she was really centered in herself and that's just yeah. how she worked and it was beautiful. Um, um, I, on the other hand, had to ask the nurse for cough drops after my birth because my throat hurts so bad. I <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I did um, not hypno baby. I did hypno birthing through the BEC, and it's always like yeah. below, go to, like yeah, you know. yeah. And it was just um, I asked Jeff how I sounded. Probably <laughs> not a good idea. And he was like, I don't know, just like primal. And I was like, thanks, babe. And he like, was like, ah, you just, I don't, you just sounded like you needed a sound. And yeah, so don't ask your husband what you sounded like during birth two hours postpartum like I don't know if I've ever asked not. him and I mean now that him and I have different life paths I uh I don't think it's a good don't think I want that bit of honesty nothing else exists <laughs> um okay so maybe a tricky one we touched on this earlier too but how do you navigate your career and parenting Oh, I'm and like in like in regards to like a work-life balance yeah you know I had therapy tonight and she's like what's one thing you want to focus on I was like work-life balance and she's like you're 96 I'm like I know she's probably not a good idea right now I was like I know 
face. <laughs> she's like, let's pick a different goal. Good yes, goal. Pick a new one. It was like, let's not focus. Let's not do that. Let's not do oh that. Oh my God. If they're um, on Friday and I'm, I'm so grateful excited. for how life turned out right because I chose to take the month of September off and my Aww. client just had a baby probably um she definitely was one that I was like am I am I serving her well like her traumas and her anxiety yeah. was really high that it, it definitely um I usually walk away from appointments like okay that was great like I know what we're doing next and I was just like whoo did I help <laughs> you know like it was yeah. like heavy um but she had a great support team that I was lucky to also be a part of because I felt supported in the team as well to be like all touching base with each other of like what's happening what happened with your session you know it was really beautiful um but I didn't I didn't want to take other clients because I'm like I cannot use a backup for her I cannot use a backup yeah um and uh yeah so I decided to take the month of September off our nanny got sick unfortunately with COVID and um oh, no. she's okay though she's okay, okay. thankfully doesn't need to be in the hospital but you know she doesn't feel good yeah so I'm grateful <laughs> silver lining I'm not taking clients upcoming so I'm like whoo there's no work like balance because there's just home did life your, did your August have her baby already she did uh just a few days ago amazing um so yeah it all worked out but um Work-life balance is really tough because because you have like four kids. Let's I have four kids. Yeah, <laughs> they're all super small. They're like five and between five and eight months old. Um, it's it's hard because you want to be you want to show up authentically to everything that you do, but like life, you know, you can't. Life doesn't like remain in boxes. You know, like yeah. it, it's like one big box, and as many times as like you buy all these little boxes to go inside of the big box to organize it. It's like, things are going to get dumped out yeah. you know, and they're just going to start colliding together. So what I do is I, I really try to be mindful of like separating my time. So like when I have childcare, it's like, I'm going to call and I'm going to text my clients. And I'm going to schedule things, you know, when I need to with them. And, you know, now technology, it's easy to check in on them and just send a text message. I don't have to like make a phone call and like naturally my kids sense it like we don't have her undivided attention like yes. scream or come <laughs> ask a million questions or I want to see their face I want to talk to them and I'm like they don't even know you yeah like you didn't know I was even in the room right. <laughs> you know it doesn't matter what snacks I give them doesn't matter mm -mm. um I so, could be like here's four packs of fruit snacks in your tablet with your headphones and he'd be like what are you doing and I'd be like I'm I'm having an adult conversation yeah on the phone the like my one is like what are you doing Luca all the time like <laughs> sending out an email for work babe I don't like you on your phone I was like you are watching the Lion King for the second goddamn time today <laughs> like he just sent one email out and he's just like can you turn that off and then the mom guilt hits me I'm like my mom, my mom. I'm just like I, yeah no so I mean I just try to make the best of my time I, I feel like I've gotten really good at being productive when I have childcare. yeah and then I space it out it's like okay I've talked to you this is what I'm seeing you next and this is what's happening you can always reach out to me and then it's like I'm mom mode right and I do my thing 
and my partner and I aren't together anymore. So like those evenings where like I had time to do more work or follow up with things like, I mean, I can have that if I ask for it, but it's not like implicitly just in our dynamic anymore because he's not there anymore. Right. Um, so that has definitely shifted things, but I feel like the best thing you can do for a work-life balance is to honestly have a personal life. If you want to be able to like show up for your kids and then show up for work, you need to be able to like show up for yourself in a way that is just about you, you know? Um, and once you do that, it's like, it's this odd thing where you don't have more hours in a day, but you feel more accomplished in that day. You know, like when you feel better about yourself and you feel like you've done something just for yourself, your whole to-do list is done in like three hours. Instead of being like, I've been working on this for a week and I haven't gotten it done, you know, because you're like, you're, you're moving more fluidly with just more self-awareness and self-love. Yeah. Instead of you're just like pushing yourself like in church, I'd be like going through the motions, which I'm like, I didn't understand now, but now I do yeah but you're like doing it you're doing things like with intention instead of like just because you think that you're supposed to or like yeah exactly like a lot you don't get as much done when you feel like I have to get this done I have to get this done whereas you're like this is really important to me so I'm going to take the time to focus on myself so I can get to this really important thing and then like you know that happened to me today right I had therapy and therapy is like for me right it's not about anyone else it's my thing and I like rearranged my bedroom and the kids have this like like a sensory like swing where it's like that that stretchy material that feels like like a compression sock almost like it it looks like a cocoon yeah yeah yeah. and it has like sloth all over it and so it's they like it's a whole thing and I had it in one room and I was like no it needs to go in another room because like mommy needs her own space and like R is ready to have her own space because I can't fucking walk into my bedroom without her smelling me and be like mom I'm awake now I'm like I can't go in my room to get pajamas because I'm terrified that you're gonna wake up like I love you bye-bye but then it's like yeah it's not functional for you it's not yeah she's eight months old now and I mean obviously like we gentle parent any yeah yeah yeah. I come over you're not yeah you're not abandoning your eight month old in the middle of the night yeah no no no. we're gonna sleep in separate rooms (laughs) so (laughs) yeah I I like got their nugget and they're like padded like floor mat and like I moved all these things and typically you know rearranging my entire bedroom and like setting up a new play space for them is something like two weeks can go by and they'll be dragging along because I took time for myself and nothing else was more important than putting myself first and my well-being first everything got done yeah you know I mean homeschooling didn't get done today but like tomorrow we will try listen it's August you got, you got time. Five. She's only five. Yeah. <sighs> Can't ruin it, right? It's only five. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I feel like in order to have a really good balance, you you need to make sure you're serving yourself, especially for birth work. You know, you have to come at this at a place of love and like fullness, right? Because you can empty yourself at a birth. Um, so you can't start off emptying your own life or you have to give to yourself and to your family. None of those things can happen if you're just going through the motions and just going through things because you have to get them done. So I feel like that's the main thing for balance and like sustaining, like not necessarily childcare, which I mean, super important, but sustaining relationships where 
I feel like I don't want to say specifically as women, but like that's just my experience as a woman. Yeah. But it seems to be like a trend amongst women that it's a struggle to say what you need from somebody. It's a it's like this I have to yeah. do all the things, be all the things and smiling while I'm baking apple pie, right? Like you have to be able to handle it all and to be able to say to someone like hey, on your way over, like, would you mind like making a stop for me and getting some coffee? Or like, if, yeah, if you're running the grocery store, like, can you pick this up for me? And like, I'll just pay you, like I'll Venmo you or something like that. Little things like that. I feel like when you start building upon that in your relationships, it makes it a lot easier to be like, hey, I'm at this long birth and you know, my, my kids really need a play date. Like, would you like, could you pick them up? And like, I'll, I'll, I'll get you back, right? You can like go out yeah. with your friend for a dinner or something. But to be able to have like the courage to just ask that of somebody, yeah. you know, and then you do that and you feel better because like, oh, we reciprocate in this relationship. Yeah. We we benefit from this in a way that's not just us like talking to each other. And I feel like it really develops this closeness. And I think that's really important for birth work. Even if they're not another doula, it's just like just a friend that you know that you can help depend on for checking in with you you know, you, yeah. you can vent to them, you, your children have something to play with or an, an extension of childcare. Yeah, I have, um, well, before COVID I had me and Heather used to do free childcare back and forth and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I had like two or three people that I would, it's mainly one who I would call after every birth. I'm like, we're not like super close friends, like outside of doula work, I feel like, but I'd, I would just text her be like, Hey, can I like word vomit on you? And yeah. she's like, yeah. And she would just like answer the phone. And I would just like drive home from the birth and like, just telling her everything that happened and just, okay. See you yeah. next time. Okay. See you next time. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that worked for your dynamic and like you have yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really important. And then uh, my last question is what are your interests outside of work and or other passions? Okay. These questions are mainly for me to like, yeah. I don't know. Or have it. you, I've never been able to ask someone that question, but I don't know how long. I, think, I know. Like, oh, last question. I know. Um, well, I, I'm publishing a children's book. So I've always written. It's like my form of expression and, and art and therapy and, um, a lot of time when I write, I just feel like, like, it's not for me. Like I'm doing it and I get that emotion out and I feel better, but I'm like, yeah. what about for someone who like has these emotions built in? They don't know how to express them. Like maybe something that I say could help them. Cause I've read so many things that made me feel that way yeah. that I would love to give back in that way. Um, so I, that's another thing I per, I'm pursuing is writing and I'm, you caught me in a really good spot because I am like really impulsive and a lot of people don't know that about me because they see me as like, you're a mom and like your kids have their routine and this and that. But it's like, when I step away from that space and I have my space, it's just like, mm-hmm. are we going skydiving or shark diving? Like, what are we fucking doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really impulsive. I like to chase that, like that adrenaline, like on the edge I mean it's fucking trauma but like I don't mind it it's I know exactly I'm like, you know, well, like it's either yeah, anxiety yeah. ADHD or trauma response right? yeah. like yeah I have like a rough upbringing to where like, <laughs> I'm used to my nervous system being at a high mm-hmm. but 
but I'm doing things that are like productive. I'm not just like, you know, like I'm not like shooting something up, I mean, an addict because like, I need this high, like that's something right. that is not a positive response to that trauma. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm like, what do I want to do today? It's like, I don't know. Let's get a tattoo. Why not? Like, did you get a tattoo today? Oh, I'm getting one on Saturday. Probably. If not, I'm going to like pierce at least one thing. Um, piercings yeah. are so piercings are dangerous because you can just walk in and be like, I want this. And they're like, okay, okay. let me go up. And you're like, Oh fuck. Whereas tattoos are like, I think I want this, but like, can you draw it up for me? Blah, blah. And they're like, Oh yeah, deposit. Nice. And then you got to wait and then they got to draw it. And then it's just, yeah, that's why I have so many piercings and I haven't gotten tattooed in two years. I think, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah. I'll probably have at least one or two more tattoos before the end of September because I have time off. You have September um, off. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, um, my hobbies include like, well, I, you know, I do earth-based healing. So I like to like go into that. So oh, yeah. go hiking and go to the beach. It's not just like, let's take a nice hike or let's just like sunbathe. Like I'm going there intentionally with like, what, what am I supposed to release here? What am I supposed to gain here? It's a real spiritual experience for me to go, especially if I'm high. Can I say that here? Yeah, Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Everything's like more vibrant. And I I feel like um, I can like drown out sound. You know, it's like your mind gets so busy with life and it's, you can release some of that in nature, but I think I'm just high. My nervous system is high strung to the point where I'm going to be thinking like, okay, so I get back home, what do I need a meal prep for the kids? Instead of just being where I am. So being able to like, you know, like have some weed or something like that is a nice way to just be like, I'm here and I'm here right now and my kids are fine and everything is fine and I can just enjoy what I'm doing. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I I like to do outdoorsy type things like that. Also love things like going to a smash room and fucking things up, you know, like I like doing like that. I like it though. I, it makes me, um, it's my work-life balance, right? Or right. my home-life balance of like go home and play animals, with the kids and like climb on the nugget and bake banana muffins. And it's like, now mom's going to like, mm, shave her head. Thank you. And you're welcome very much, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Being a badass on my spare time. <laughs> yes. I love that yeah. for you. Um, do you have like a website or an Insta, anything that you want to yes. plug? Okay. So you can pretty much find me everywhere at Medicina Mama. So medicinamama.com. And uh, that's on Instagram. I recently got a TikTok with it. So I have like two or three videos of medicine on Medicina Mama, but I'm building that. Really trying to hone in on like, what I want to say you know yeah. I feel like there's so many different avenues in birth work and trauma work and energy work that it's like okay all those things are beautiful what do I want to say so I'm, right. I'm honing in on that that vision for myself um so you can find me yeah Facebook Instagram TikTok and on my website at Medicina Mama awesome amazing yay yeah, this is um, so I'm really glad we did this me too. I was so excited when you brought it to my attention. I was like, this is going to be so awesome. I can't wait. I mean, I already love just talking to you. So now it's like, yeah. I, yeah, I think that's just like my problem now though. Is I was like, well, I'll just interview all of my friends because all of my friends have different jobs. And now I'm like, now I'm just 
FaceTiming a friend for an hour and a half and we're recording it, but I'm like, whatever, people are still listening. Yeah. Like 20 more, 20 more listeners until I can get commercials. So that's not a lot. It's not. That's amazing. I know. I'm excited for you. (sighs) It's a good thing. And I feel like, yeah, you're just talking to your friends, but this is like real life. And yeah so many times what what we see and what's like pushed upon us is this very like neat way of living and that's not reality and that's not how people become successful like life is messy and it's okay to get dirty in that and you talking to your friends shows like the intimacy and the realness of what that looks like right not just like what do you do for a living and people are giving their like elevator speech to you exactly this is my journey this is how I got here and it wasn't straightforward and it's messy and sometimes you still have to take breaks from it and blah blah um so it gives people an honest idea of what it can look like why we talk about birth right it's like an honest like visual of this is what it's going to look like and that's normal and all this is normal and it's okay to see that like it doesn't look like what you saw on tv and it's not your friend's birth or your mom's birth or whoever's birth and it's still normal and it's valid and it's valuable so being able to have these conversations I feel like shows people that whatever their path is it's not wrong like they can't do anything wrong everything this is my little like soapbox like everything you do in life is to serve your highest good your highest self so you can't take a wrong path because if you took if you made a poor choice and it took you down a path that you're not happy about well that served you to your highest self because now you learned a valuable lesson that's going to propel you towards something more positive that you actually are aspiring towards it's right. not, it's nothing's bad. There's, there's no such thing as like a negative, right? Um, it's all about our perception of reality and how we interpret our experiences. So I think this is awesome. I think it allows people the opportunity to see, like you can do anything, you can choose anything and you can be anything and it's okay for it to look however it looks because yeah. it's life and it's still going to be your awesome experience. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah.